Welcome to the EchoCast. I am Bon, and this is a podcast about video games, speculation, reviews, and whatever else I feel like talking about. This week, we'll be chatting about God of War Ragnarok reviews, Mass Effect and Seven Day Hype, Xbox needing more games, and much more. A few things before we get started. Subscribe to the show on your favorite podcast platform. And if you're on Spotify or iTunes, please leave a review. On YouTube, please subscribe to the channel, like the video, and comment with your thoughts. Or just to say hello, it all helps the podcast get noted. Noted. Noticed. A huge thanks to supporter-level patrons PK, The Dawn, and Cage Nephilim. As well as a special thanks to producer-level patron Hassan. If you are interested in supporting this podcast, please check out patreon.com slash bonddiesel or subscribe with your Amazon Prime subscription free sub over at twitch.tv slash bonddiesel. Okay, so let's get into the gaming news. Uh, So I I think uh, fairly obviously the headline story this week is going to be God of War Ragnarok Reviews. So the game doesn't come out until next week, probably closer to when you listen to this. But the embargo was up and uh, on Thursday, and now we have the thoughts of uh, a bunch of journalists and game reviewers and so on and so forth. Metacritic has a score of 94 for God of War Ragnarok. Um, so I have not played it. I have not reviewed it. That um, I don't even have a PlayStation um, I have watched five reviews now, long, long form, um, at least 10 or 15 minutes. Um, one of them, uh, over an hour or around an hour. Um, I would say of the five I've listened to, uh, three were extremely positive. One was pretty positive. And then, uh, the last one was, I would say neutral. I wouldn't say negative. Um, and it just seems like it's a good game. It's really interesting because so much of the conversation leading up to this was, is it just going to be 2018 God of War with more stuff, maybe slightly updated? Is it going to be more of like a part two rather than a sequel, especially a next gen sequel? Um, and now we kind of know. So um, from a graphical and stuff standpoint, um, you know, they, they it, it is a PS4 game. Um, Santa Monica has come out. Sony Santa Monica has come out and said, this is a game made for PS4. Um, so, and that's what it looks like. Uh, now they have, uh, you know, added things to the PS5 version that make it, you know, look more up to date. It has some beautiful, um, you know, mechanics and, and, and things like that. Um, for all intents and purposes, the 2018 game is still one of the better looking games ever made. And it seems like it's only gotten a little bit better with the with the new game. And that's not a bad thing. Um, I, I saw a lot of praise for the different um, regions and biomes and stuff, um, even ones that existed in the last game that they've update, updated. And um, that, that all seems so on the technical side, people seem really happy with it. I saw lots and lots of chatter about how it's just rock solid, very few bugs, um, very few like issues like that. We don't know what it runs like on PC because they won't release it for three years, probably because Sony, um, but you know, overall seems good. Um, and even the PS4 performance, I believe digital foundry did a video on it and it's 
a goal of 30 FPS at 1080p on the PS4 base. Uh, and then on the PS4 Pro, I think it has, I think it actually has visual options. And then the PS5 has the expected uh, fidelity or performance uh, things. And both of those uh, seem pretty good. And if you have, uh, was it VRR or whatever on your um, uh, monitor or uh, TV that you're playing it on, um, it'll do like 4K 40 FPS with ray tracing or something. Um, so technically very well done, um, very impressive. People seem happy with it. Um, from a gameplay standpoint, um, it seems a lot like the general consensus is it's 2018 with a few more mechanics and stuff. Um, I've not really seen anyone like really, uh, you know, go over the, the head over heels for it, um, but uh, that they liked it in general. It sounds like if you like the last one, you'll like this one because it's basically the same. Um, I did see some chatter, uh, some people talking about like, yeah, the the side. Like, it's funny. I've seen some people say it sets a new standard for side missions in a, in a kind of semi open world game. And then I've seen other people saying they have no desire at all to play the side missions. Uh, so that's been an, an interesting, uh, juxtaposition or whatever you want to say. Um, and then from a story perspective, well, we just don't know much about the story other than uh, there were some big leaks. I'm not going to talk about that. I'm not going to spoil anything that I have stumbled upon. Um, but it's really interesting because they, seem to what what I will summarize this kind of segment with is uh, so I've listened to the five reviews I've seen you know some chatter about it and it's really interesting because from everything that people say is my take you know from the from the things I've heard all these people say now um so I've listened to five reviews uh one review had four people. The other ones had at least two. So you're looking at uh, like 12 or 13 people I've heard talk about this game. And it just sounds like they're talking about a game that's like really good, but not like the best. So like an eight, an eight out of 10, right? But they're all given the 10s. Uh, there's some people are given it nines and then a few. Um, but then on the other hand, I've seen like some like fives and tens. And it seems like those outlets just have like a bone to pick, right? But this game, it's really interesting because when you hear people talk about it, um, they kind of say, yeah, I like this, but then this. Uh, this was really cool, but this. And so it sounds like they're talking about a game that's like really good, but maybe isn't like a 10 out of 10. But they're giving it that, that rating. So, you know, there's a few things at play. So one, um, no one's willing to spoil the story and stuff, which is a good thing. So maybe the story is so good that even though the way they talk about the game makes it not seem that great, the story parts that they aren't talking about are so good, it raises the bar. I can attest to that with a Plague Tale Requiem. If you've been on my Twitter or you know listened to the last episode or seen my YouTube videos, you'll know I was a huge fan of that game. And it's a game that from a gameplay perspective, I liked it. I didn't love it. It was fun, it was interesting, it was challenging. But if, if I was just basing the game off of, like, the gameplay, uh, a Plague Tale Requiem for me would probably be, like, a 7 out of 10. But then I love the story, and I love the characters, and I really loved, like, the environments and the aesthetic and stuff. So that, for me, bumped up to, like, a 9, like an eight and a half, nine 9 out of 10. So maybe 
to these people, God of War Ragnarok is like an eight, eight and a half gameplay wise. But then the story comes through and then there's the 10, there's the nine, the nine and a half, whatever. Um, I think there is another side of that that I've seen chatter about. I don't I'm like mixed on how I feel about it myself, but there's some feeling amongst people that it's like, well, you know, are they are do reviewers, especially the ones who get it early, who are all know they're all releasing their, their reviews at the same time as everyone else who's notable. Um, is there like an, a pressure or an expectation or a, a, a temptation to be part of the crowd that gives it a 10? either to endear yourself with Sony or endear yourself with your peers or in who are also doing that or endear yourself with the community of, of that platform and of that game IP and things like that. Um, I mean, I would say that's a factor. I, I don't think you can completely discount that. I think, especially like people I listen to, I think that they definitely have biases. I think a lot of media outlets, because Sony's just been so successful, whether it's on purpose or not, have like a slight Sony bias at least. Um, and I'm not even saying that it's like a, a bad thing or that it's something that they're doing on purpose. I think it's just when one company has put out the most best games for like 10 years, you're going to have a preference for them. I think that's OK. Um, but you do kind of need to check it sometimes. And so between just like a general bias uh, or fandom or whatever you want to call it, and I think a kind of wanting to fit in with the cool kids, sometimes I wonder if maybe that's what sways a game from a nine to a 10, especially if it's by a certain studio on a certain platform and things like that. Um, or maybe not. Maybe I'm making that up. Maybe that's completely in my head. Maybe it's uh, that's part of my own bias. Um, I don't know. Um, but I definitely think it'll be interesting to see um, how people talk about it after they can talk about the story and after regular people play it and kind of have their take on it and things like that. Because, like I said, I feel like I was listening to a lot of people talk about like a very good game, but not like a masterpiece. But they but then those people gave it a masterpiece review. So I am curious to hear people talk about it in the long run of like, basically, is the story so good, so touching, so heartfelt, so dramatic, so whatever, that it bumps it from that eight to a 10, from that nine to a 10. And I guess we'll just have to wait because I'm not getting a review copy. I'm not dropping 500 bucks on a PlayStation. And I don't really have the time to do all that, even if I had the money. So there we go. God War Ragnarok, very good game, apparently. Uh, some just kind of scattered Mass Effect news. Um, and I really only have this so high because N7 Day is on Monday. Um, we do have a little bit of news about N7 Day. Um, there is a confirmed cast reunion of all the voice actors and sometimes developers. I believe that like Mac Walters and a few other people have shown up to these. Uh, so we'll have to see if they do. Um, but uh, Jennifer Hale, the voice actor for the F-Shep, um, as well as like everything else in the world, uh, I'm sure you've heard of her recently if you pay attention to gaming news. Um, at 3 p.m. Eastern time, they'll be doing a big stream uh, and a reunion with all of the uh, with with a bunch of the cast. I think the voice actors for uh, both Shepherds, um, Liara, uh, Tally. I feel like the ones from uh, like Morden, Jack, 
Um, a lot of them show up. A trainer normally shows up at them. The big missing one, I've never seen him be a part of it, is Brandon Keener, um, who's the voice of Garrus. Uh, if you're a Division fan, if you're listening to this podcast, um, you would know know his voice as uh, Isaac uh, in the Division series, the SHD AI voice. Um, and he has, as far as I've seen, has never been a part of one of these. Um, and when I've done some reading about him, um, has kind of distanced himself from his Mass Effect fame in general. Um, it sounds like he's just kind of, uh, in general, a, a private person um, who doesn't kind of enjoy the fame or attention that some of this stuff uh, could bring him. So, um, but yeah, so we'll have to see if anyone else uh, interesting shows up to that. Um, it would be really cool to have like Mike Gamble or someone show up to it and pop in and, and just say hi, if anything, or, you know, Keener and so on and so forth. So um, th they do these every year. Uh, they occasionally like I feel like the one last year, uh, the the voice actress, uh, Ali Hillis, I believe is her name, uh, the voice actress for Liara kind of made some faces and kind of side remarks um, that were interesting. At that point, she had already confirmed she will be part of the next game. Um, and I imagine is in some type of contact with them. Um, I don't know if they're doing voiceover and stuff yet for the next game. I kind of doubt it. Um, but I'm sure she's in touch uh, or has some idea of what's going on. But we'll have to see if uh, anyone drops the ball and reveals some info. Um for me kind of some like final like what i think we may get on monday um if it's like last year what happened last year with n7 day uh this was in the first like few months of my fandom uh when everything was kind of so exciting uh they basically just put out like a fairly simple blog and like some new merch early in the day and then i think at like three or four in the afternoon they tweeted out that poster that is now infamous that everyone's torn apart a hundred times and um they've said or five there's five secrets in the poster but have never actually confirmed what those secrets are or hints or whatever um i would assume they'll do something similar this year i'm still hoping for maybe like a teaser trailer of some type my guess is going to be concept art a blog um and they may even hold out on us again like they did last year uh, but we'll, we'll have to wait and see um, the big thing I will throw out uh, as we kind of wrap this segment up is talking about how I think a lot of people are hoping we'll get some kind of clue of like when it's going to take place or who's going to be in it and things like that. Um, my guess is that we will be left with more questions than answers after Monday about the next Mass Effect game. Um, I think we're at least a year, if not two years away from them starting to be like, okay, here's what it is. Um, I just don't think we're there yet. They probably aren't there yet uh, on their own side. Um, so we'll have to wait and see. Uh, another little bit of Andromeda stuff. I was made aware of a theory this week uh, amongst a bunch of the more um, serious Andromeda fans where they looked at the poster from last year and saw what they interpret as the scourge um, that's being uh, kind of hinted at the bottom of that poster. It's uh, it, it looks like uh, basically some, um, I don't know, like vines kind of uh, from the bottom of the poster. This was heavily featured in the Andromeda game. And um, I don't really buy it. I, I think that's a reach. Um, there, there's a big post on the Andromeda uh, subreddit um, where people are pulling some pretty deep cuts uh, 
like tweets from the writer voice actors um some really old concept art from before they even announced the game was being made um just stuff that i mean maybe like maybe um that said you know from some recent uh, videos and retweets and, and stuff i've posted um it does seem like gamble is continuing to kind of double down on hinting at least that there may be um some kind of crossover between the two uh games or galaxies or whatever the andromeda uh in the trilogy um you know until they give us real info about the game it's all speculation from us it's them playing with our heartstrings um I have some pretty uh, set in stone things I want and don't want from the next game. Uh, but the simple fact is, is that it's not up to me. Uh, I'll probably play whatever they put out, even if I hate everything about it. And uh, until we know anything for certain, it's all just fun speculation and, and guessing games and stuff like that, which not everyone wants to be a part of. So, uh, you know, I, I, I hope that we get something interesting on Monday. I'm not expecting to get a ton, but I will definitely make videos and podcasts and tweets about it. I can assure you. Okay, the next bit here is Phil Spencer knows Xbox is struggling game-wise. So there, uh, Phil Spencer was uh, has been on a couple interviews, and he's kind of been in the media lately. Uh, mostly, it seems like kind of trying to help push through that Activision deal. But there, there was a, a podcast I believe he was on where he kind of said like. Like, we know it's been too long since we've released any big first-party games. Um, this year, uh, it's been pretty sparse. The last big, big one they released was Halo Infinite, and before that was Forza Horizon, um, which were both good games. Halo, I think, in the long run, has kind of disappointed some people. Um, Forza was amazing. I um, I saw a lot of people chitter-chatter and like, oh, uh you know, God of War, it, got, it has this 94. Xbox doesn't have anything on that. I mean, Forza has a Metacritic score of 92. Um, well, you know, that's kind of an apples to oranges comparison. Um, those are very different games. Um, I still think it's pretty impressive. Um, and I also think that it kind of gets a little overlooked that, like, God of War Ragnarok is 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 going to go down as, you know, a, one of the higher rated games maybe of this generation. Um, but, you know, the other releases by Sony haven't been, like, super impressive. Um, I, I think Ratchet & Clank is maybe the next best one. Um, I mean, Gran Turismo 7, I think, kind of came out with a fluff, even though it was pretty well-reviewed. Um, even The Last of Us remake, people are so iffy about that. Um, and even Horizon uh, Forbidden West uh, kind of got, like, a pretty, I think, a fairly lukewarm reaction of people being like, it's a good game. It's basically just a giant DLC. Uh, to the first game, uh, which isn't a bad thing necessarily, but it's not like this big groundbreaking moment like a lot of people, um, you know, kind of feel like most of Sony's releases are. Um, but it's even with all that said, Xbox basically hasn't released anything this year. Um, they're going to have Pentiment coming out soon. Um, they've had some like third party exclusives and stuff like that. Like having a Plague Tale Requiem on Game Pass was a huge deal, um, in my opinion, as well as a bunch of other games. Um, you know, they have their first party like double A or indie game coming out called Pentiment, which is probably going to be really, really good, but isn't going to be on the scale of like a God of War. Um, so a lot of the conversation has turned to is next year finally the year for gosh, it feels like 10 years now. We keep hearing, uh, whether it's fans of Xbox or Xbox themselves, being like, 
next year's the year. We're going to have a bunch of good games next year. Um, and next year, it looks like it really may kind of look up. We know Starfield's coming. We know the new Forza game is coming. There's some thoughts that Hellblade 2 may, Hellblade Sinuous Saga may release next year. Um, that hasn't been confirmed. I don't really want to guess that. I really, really, really hope that's true, though, because that's, besides Mass Effect, Hellblade's uh, Sinuous Saga is probably my most anticipated game that we like don't know a ton about yet um starfield is obviously something i'm like hyper excited for that hopefully comes out in the next you know six seven eight months um but you know like if they release starfield and forza and hellblade next year and then have like a couple smaller first party games come out as well as all of their third party deals on game pass and stuff i think that can be a really solid year for them um i am kind of curious to how things are going to go on like the review front um i think the way that reviewers are with bethesda and xbox that i think starfield could come out and be like a masterful game uh, of the type of game it's trying to be and you're gonna see it get like sevens and eights when you'll hear maybe people talk about it in like an eight and nine kind of category um simply because i think that there's just kind of like an um an aura around it, especially by younger game journals and stuff like that. Um, there was a game journal. There's a, a one of the the voices on Kind of Funny, um, kind of was like really downplaying Bethesda uh, during a recent show and being like, well, "Yeah, but they had Fallout 76." And it's like, look, like I I don't know how old or young someone is, but like you you can't. You, the simple fact is is that to people who know games any major release from bethesda is a big deal it's going to be buggy it's going to be janky but it's probably going to be one of the best experiences you'll ever have gaming that's why skyrim is still around that's why a lot of people really liked fallout 4 even if it wasn't everything they wanted it's why you still hear people talk about fallout 3 and new vegas and even like the oblivion games and stuff like that so um, you know, hearing a, a critic or, or someone who's going to be reviewing Starfield, I assume, kind of downplay a new Bethesda IP on a new engine that's like their first big new IP, new project in 20 years and kind of poo poo it a little bit. I, it just that really rubbed me the wrong way because I can already tell that when that person is sitting on a panel reviewing the game, they're going to have that in their mind and, and the game's going to lose a point just because of their preconceived notion, even if it's a super, super good game. Now, none of that really matters because Xbox has to put out the games, right? They have all these studios, they're acquiring all these studios, all these developers, all of these IPs. And sooner or later, about once a quarter, they need to be putting out really good high quality large games um and they and they need to do that sooner than later and there's no there won't be any excuses for much longer i think 2023 is about the last year that people are going to be willing to like kind of oh well you know they're they're still getting going um i think by 2024 especially there's got to be a very clear you know this game's coming this game's coming this game's coming this game's coming and people should be expecting them to be very good so there's that okay so kojima he's been in the news a lot lately uh the main thing i'll talk about is that uh a supposed leak has happened of his next project called overdose this game has been kind of uh, talked about and rumored he's even been teasing it himself with some really weird 
go figure um, kind of marketing things on his Twitter and stuff. Um, we don't know much about it. There's basically, I think it's like a minute or two clip um, where it's someone taking a video of a phone or something. Uh, and in the reflection, you can see the person who is at least not wearing a shirt uh, and maybe completely stark naked. I have no idea. Luckily, you can't see that much of them. Um, but it looks like it's, I think this is the one with Elle Fanning or whoever, uh, whoever that is. I actually don't really know. I've just seen the name. Um, uh, she was in Death Stranding, I believe. Uh, and so there's some thoughts that it's like a sequel to that or it's related in some capacity. Um, there's a lot of people who think this leak, this footage may be, it looks like it's like a horror game of some type. It may be a sequel to Death Stranding of some type. It may be the Xbox game everyone's talking about. It may be a mobile game that we haven't heard anything about other than the name, which is um, the overdose name. So um, we're going to just have to wait. I highly suspect that in about a month, of Jeff Keeley's uh, summer game or, or, or uh, video game awards, I would I would put quite a bit of money on that overdose or something from Kojima is going to get highlighted and shown with a trailer and so on and so forth. So uh, interesting stuff. Kojima's stories are always interesting, and uh, this is just another one on that pile. Uh, Nibelian is leaving Twitter. So if you're not into content creation or you kind of don't dive super deep into the gaming news world, you may not know who Nibelian is, um, but they uh, were a Twitter personality um, who basically always had, you know, the summaries of any game announcements or game shows or even sometimes some insider kind of leaked info. Um Basically, Nibelian was a cheat code for a ton of journalists. Uh, if they needed the the quick uh, answer on what something is, when it was coming, who was making it, Nibelian was a pretty consistent um, person to follow on Twitter and get that info. Um, unbeknownst to me, I guess Nibelian had fairly recently uh, started a Patreon to kind of try to make this like their full-time gig. The assumption is that they have a normal job and they were doing this as well. They had a lot of insider info. And so the idea is that a lot of people think Nibelian probably works in the industry and has uh, some pretty deep contacts. Um, but, uh, you know, uh, this week Nibelian kind of came out and said, hey, I'm going to shut everything down. Um, I tried to make this my thing and it didn't work out with like Patreon and things like that. And um, I, I just can't justify the time and, 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 and all that. So they're gone. And you heard a, a collective cry of game journalists who had been using Nibelian, uh, like I said, kind of as a cheat code to get uh, info early or get it well summarized and things like that. The whole conversation was interesting to me. I saw a lot of people being like um, kind of doing the math and putting together that their Patreon was like making pretty good money. Um, maybe not enough to like sustain life and quit your job, but enough to like that it seemed worth it to keep doing it. That equation, I don't think we can make if we don't know their circumstances, what's going on with their family, their health, all those things, how demanding their actual job is, things like that. Who knows? Um, I, I would say if they're quitting, then it wasn't enough, uh, no matter what their circumstances. Um, and I don't, I don't really think I can judge beyond that. Um, 
the one thing that did annoy me that like all the power the Nibelian leave, I bet they'll probably come back eventually. They did make this like offhand reference to like, and Twitter's a shit show or whatever. I don't trust it. It's like, okay, like I doubt that's why you're leaving, but if you want to throw that in, dope. Um, the thing that was really interesting to me is that there, you know, there was an outcry of like journalists and stuff being like, oh, this is so sad. Like, please don't, you know, come back, blah, blah, blah. But there was, it was the, the response was really interesting because, you know, you hear a bunch of them say, you know, how much they appreciated what Nibelian did and stuff like that. I would love for there to be a little mark above the head of everyone who was a part of Nibelian's Patreon. So that while they're talking about how much they appreciated their work and how they, you know, can't believe people didn't support and, and can't believe, you know, all this stuff and that we could see how many of them were uh, shooting Nibelian five bucks a month, because I bet none of them were, or at least very, very, very few of them were supporting that work. Um, so that kind of, um, annoyed me a bit and that whole conversation has nothing to do with Nibelian, all the power to them but I definitely thought it was kind of interesting and how uh, all these people were coming out the woodwork so sad that Nibelian was uh, uh, doing, uh, going their separate ways um, even though I have a feeling not many of those people were actually supporting Nibelian uh, very well but you know what do I know? Uh, I suspect the well, I think the Patreon's gone now so we'll never know I guess uh, some kind of fairly quick stories here. Um, Alan Wake 2 uh, is expected to come out in 2023 still. This was kind of a, in a smattering of news um, from that developer. Um, and that's cool. I have only ever actually watched Alan Wake be played. Uh, Mike Minotti um, of, I believe, Games Beat uh, has been streaming it recently. And it looks really good. It's just one of those games that it's like, that's old enough and it looks like it plays old enough that I'm glad I got to see it be played and I don't really need to do it myself. Um, but a sequel is definitely interesting to me, uh, big time. Um, uh, Onama, a uh, formerly square Enix Montreal recently acquired by, uh, uh, the embracer group, uh, has been shut down. Um, so this was, uh, one of, uh, square Enix's, uh, uh, mobile studios mostly made mobile games uh so this probably doesn't impact um normal games too much uh, console games and pc games and such uh there is a lot of talk that uh, a lot of devs are going to get moved to idos montreal um, which is a more triple a kind of uh, typical game studio um, and it's an interesting move by embracer because you would think that they would be diving head deep into mobile games and maybe they are with one of their other 500 uh, de developers they own um, but it doesn't seem like they wanted to keep doing it with this one so uh, and then another part of that came out with the story, kind of a separate piece uh, still from Embracer, um, is that Eidos uh, is actually helping Microsoft make Xbox's new Fable game, which was something we hadn't heard before. Uh, we know that their studio is helping with other games, um, uh, especially some really big ones. Um, but Xbox's Fable, as far as we knew, was being developed completely in-house. And now we know that Eidos is helping with that. 
Uh, a little quick one here. A Plague Tale Requiem has hit 1 million players. Uh, I assume that is probably uh, purchased copies on PC and PlayStation and Xbox, as well as uh, the number of people who have played it on Game Pass. Um, that's super awesome. I hope that number goes way, way, way up because I really want a third game uh, from that series. Um, again, that's my game of the year uh, without really any hesitation. Um, I just really, really love that story. I'm hoping to play it again in the next couple months, but I feel like I need to distance myself from that uh, that emotional toll before I uh, dive back in uh, and cry like a baby again. So good for a Plague Tale Requiem. Absolutely excellent game. Really bums me out that it's going to get kind of lost in the chatter um, of God of War and other games that I think it deserves uh, at least consideration for game of the year as much as you know horizon forbidden west or any game like that but it's gonna get, it's not going to um i suspect a lot of people started it uh, a lot of journalists and stuff started it was like oh this looks pretty good doesn't run very well well anyways and then moved on to god of war and i am bummed to think about how many of them probably didn't even finish it and i think the last third of that game is what makes it game of the year for me and i suspect that many of the powers that be will never even experience it so Bummer, but the, them's the breaks. That's the way it goes sometimes. Um, Modern Warfare 2. Uh, I've been playing a lot of the multiplayer. I think I'm level 33 or 34 now. Um, you know, I, I've stuck with it longer than I think I did the 2019 multiplayer already. When it's good, it's so good and it's so fun. And when you're feeling it and you're on a roll and you're just killing people, even when you die, like you, you, you can get back into it quick. Th there is something special about how if someone is hiding in a corner or jumps around the jumps around the corner and shoots you or slides and shoots you that can really just a few things make me angrier in video games than that but when that's not happening basically i'm really enjoying the experience the maps are good it's fast paced um the gunplay is pretty good i still think 2042 is better honestly um but they're different games. It's an apples to oranges thing again. Um, I'm really, really enjoying it. So if you bought it and played the single player and haven't delved into the multiplayer yet, I mean, it's Call of Duty multiplayer. It is definitely that. There's no denying it. But I'm having a lot of fun with it. And um, I, there's something that is just intoxicating about unlocking all the, all the parts of the guns and slowly upgrading the guns and making them feel good. And then moving on to the next one and feeling like crap with it and then feeling that come up and again. Um, yeah, really enjoying uh, the uh, Modern Warfare 2 multiplayer and uh, I, I hope to keep playing it. Um, the PlayStation VR 2 has been announced. They're uh, entering into the VR world uh, for $550. That is $50 more than the console. And I don't know how many are actually going to be sold at that price because there is a $600 bonus uh, or uh, combo that comes with the game. Uh, Sony really likes to sell their package deals. Uh, if you want a PS5, you're probably buying one that is coming with a game for more money uh, because that is how they prefer to do uh, their thing. Um, there is, uh, you know, kind of an interesting conversation going on about um, whether or not, um, you know, it's 
it's really worth it. Um, it really sounds like the technology in, in this system is like legitimately really good and arguably may even make it like completely worth the money. Um, if you're into VR, um, there are a lot of people that are kind of concerned about how um, it, it's kind of a closed ecosystem. You have to have a PS5 to use it, which th those are still hard to come by for a lot of people, um, not to mention the cost. You're looking at $1,000 plus for this whole system. Um, and that there aren't really like any killer apps announced. There's a horizon game, but like it, you know, is it, is that really a, uh, like a system seller for, for the same price as the console you already probably put on your credit card? Like I just, I, I am not a big VR fan. I, I think it's very niche. And, and I think that until I, I just, I think it's like the 3D TV kind of thing. It's obviously been more successful than that. But like, I think everyone was so sure that VR was the next step in gaming that I actually think the next big innovation in gaming is going to be like something past VR. And VR was going to be the stepping stone that like looked like it was going to be the thing. And then people are going to end up passing it to something else. Um, I, I don't know what that will be, uh, whether it's like augmented reality or what. I have no idea. Maybe like holograms and things like that. I, I, I don't know. I have no clue. But I don't think it's going to be VR. Um, I think it's cool that Sony is trying to be part of that market, at least that, that will help the VR you know, market in general. Um, I just don't have a ton of faith that it's ever going to be the thing that people thought it was going to be years ago. If you disagree, let me know down in the comments. Uh, the final thing is here. I played like a half hour of Ghostwire. It's a new game. It's on PC and on Xbox Game Pass. Um, it's basically like it's like a roguelite. It's it's Metroid. Um, it's that idea of a game. Um, if you were Tally from Mass Effect, the the character's voice, even their aesthetic is very similar. Um, I, I, I dabbled with it a bit. Um, I liked it. I'm not super into those type of games. I get frustrated with them quickly because I'm not very good at them. Um, but I do want to keep playing with it uh, to see what I can get from it. Um, it's very pretty. Um, so far, the gameplay and uh, the little bit of story I've gotten and things like that is very charming. Um, but it's very pretty. At the very least, you should look at it. Uh, load it up and play it for a little bit just to experience it. And maybe it will catch you and maybe it won't. Okay, so that's all the news stories for this week. Um, this is where I typically will do listener questions. I'm recording this about eight hours earlier than normal because I am going to be busy in the evening. Um, so we don't have any listener questions this week. But any questions that get asked between now and the next episode, I'll just pile into the, the next episode. So if you have any gaming-related questions, topics, or news stories that you want my take on, uh, you can jump into my Discord. Link is in the uh, description of the podcast. Uh, jump into the Discord and ask the questions in the appropriate room. It should be the questions and topics uh, room. And I'll hit those up next week, I promise. Um, as for polls, I did a quick poll that really didn't get that much traction. Just asking if you have Game Pass. Uh, we had 65% of people um, say yes and 35% say no. Um, I'm really curious. It's really interesting that, you know, with all the news we got about Game Pass last week, 
that even without all of the big hitter games, it still seems really successful. So it just makes me think like what happens when Starfield does come out? What happens when the next Elder Scrolls comes out? What happens when Avowed comes out? When State of Decay 3 comes out? When the next Gears game comes out? When Hellblade comes out? When Forza comes out? Like it seems like they've been doing really well without really having a really good argument for people to get it from a first party perspective. So I think when those first party games start dropping, they'll see even more success, which is good. Um, I think, I think that is when we'll finally see Sony kind of step up on their side. They have their PS plus, you know, thing. And there was a report recently. It just lost 2 million people on it. And, and it seems like it offers like a pretty good package, but it's just not even in the same stratosphere as as Game Pass. And I don't and I think they know it doesn't need to be there. Sony is fine right now. They don't care. I think if this eventual promise of Xbox releasing really high quality, 80 plus 90 plus rated triple um, A games on Game Pass uh, and that really starts pulling people in. I think when or if that happens, you'll see Sony uh, really answer in a way they haven't yet. Uh, For content updates, this is the last few days of the giveaway for all the Mass Effect merch. It's around $300 worth of merch. Um, So if you go to my Twitter at Bondiesel or at the EchoCast, look down through. I'll I'll retweet it so it's up at the top again. Um, All you have to do is follow those accounts and retweet the tweets. You can enter on both of them. Um, and I'd ship it to you. You do need to be in the U.S. is the big part. Um, so keep an eye on that. That ends, and I will do the drawing uh, at 12 o'clock Eastern time on Monday on and 7 day. Um, when it comes to, uh, I, I have some updated graphics. If you're watching the video version of this show, you see that the background is different now. It used to be, um, I had screenshots going in the background. It was kind of cool. Uh, I just didn't love it. And so um, I kind of like this more basic feel. Um, As I'm doing this, I realize that my camera frame isn't centered. So I'm going to need to fix that. I'll do that next week. Uh, But that's okay. It doesn't hurt anything. Um, It's really bothering me, though, Um, (laughs) if you're curious. Uh, but I, I think it looks nice. I think it's a, uh, it just looks, I, I think it's a little cleaner. Um, other than that, uh, you know, the show is basically what it is. Um, and then the final topic is there's lots of chatter about Twitter and stuff like that right now. That is my primary social media app. Um, it does seem like things aren't going great over there. Um, I will stick it out as long as I can. I, I don't see myself leaving unless some unless stuff gets like really weird. Um, but if you want other places to interact with me, I'm actually pretty active in the community tab on my YouTube. Um, if you if you say something there or in the comments of my videos, I will respond almost certainly. Um, or on my Discord, like I said before, there's a link for that in the description of the podcast. Join up over there. We've actually, um, that has gotten pretty good. Um, there's some strong personalities in there, so I will forewarn you of that, but um, it's a really good place to chat. I'm actually pretty active in it, and um, it, it's uh, it's cool. And I'm always looking to make it better, so if you have any suggestions, if you pop in there, uh, let me know. I'm happy to um, take it into consideration. Um, that is all I have for this episode. So let's wrap it up. Um, Please subscribe to the show on your favorite podcast platform of choice. And if you're on Spotify or iTunes, please rate 
the podcast. If you're on YouTube, please subscribe to the channel, like the video and comment down below. Even if it's just for the algorithm, you can find me all over the internet as Bond Diesel, including on Twitter, YouTube, Instagram, and over on Twitch. If you're interested in supporting this show and my other content, check out patreon.com slash Bond Diesel or use your prime sub over at twitch.tv slash Bond Diesel. That is all I have. So until next time. Thank you.